From the Carter Subaru Studios, this is the Jack and Spike Show. Welcome back to the Jack and Spike Show. Former President Donald Trump called the union head of the UAW a dope. Which is an interesting turn of phrase to use. Also, there's a local conservative activist. He's under fire for being attached to a a scientifically racist magazine. Is it indeed true? Before we get to all of that, though... Joining us to talk about the mental health of the two presumptive frontrunners for the President of the United States, Dr. Z, MD, PhD, Silver Fox, and Robot Brain, moonwalking right now on the phone, not into the studio because he's on the phone, but moonwalking nonetheless. Uh, how are you, Dr. Z? How are you, sir? I'm, I'm doing good. I have to say, I absolutely love the music that you've chosen for me. Yeah, it's been years since I uh, since we've always used the same intro for you. But doc, so, Doctor Z, what happened? What spurned this idea to have you on was Spike was uh, talking about how there so, seems to be so many hit pieces or ads that are going around about the mental health of either Donald Trump or Joe Biden. It seems to be a pretty even split across the board. Nikki Haley is starting a, cam- a campaign today which is aimed at both of them. It's called the Grumpy Old Men Campaign, in which she's choosing to alienate men between the ages of 65 and 85, which also just happens to be the highest voting demographic in the United States. Is it really? I guess that's just a strategy she wants to use, so (laughs) we'll go with it. So, Bill, you're an MD-PhD, you're a a neurologist, you work with brains, you're also a silver fox and a robot brain, so you know more about this probably than anybody else. The ethics of this, of people discussing the mental health or the mental capabilities of people that they don't know, they've never met, and they've only observed, where do you fall on this as a practicing physician? Well, first, uh, hi, Spike. Thank you, Um, doctor. It's wonderful to hear your voice. I I appreciate your resource, uh, you being a resource for this show. I really do. No, glad glad to do it. Um, Yeah, I mean, Jack, you encapsulated uh, the spin. It's the spin, right? Um, we don't know the, the status of their mental health because we haven't been there with their physician examining them and administering a mental status test that uh, you know Mr. Trump is referring to, but he's giving details that are are somewhat bizarre to the experienced clinician that delivers that test. Oh, can you elaborate on that? Because I heard, I, I read this headline about how Trump was misrepresenting the the con- elephant, sheep, dog, <laughs> shark, <laughs> smarter than I've ever been. Is it right? So, can you elaborate on that, Bill? So, no one aces the test. <laughs> so you're saying he's misrepresenting his results? Okay. What happens is, if you take the test, you're considered normal. Okay. The test. The test is designed to pick up if you are abnormal. There are questions. What is being referred to by the five words? I think, Jack, I've used this on you before. (laughs) And whenever, uh, oh boy, whenever it's been used on me, and, and, you know, that's been a rarity, it is, I, I just rattle off, Face Velvet Church Daisy Reddish, and I watch the jaw drop of of you know the med student or whoever is is you know testing it out on me, and they say, well, we better pick some different words, and those are the standard words 
on what's called the Montreal Cognitive Assessment. There's also a similar test called the Mini Mental Status Exam. And the test is designed to test your visual spatial coordination with your with your eyes, your ability to name objects. The five words are recall. So we will ask somebody, please remember these words. I usually go over them like three to five times to make sure they're able to repeat the words to me. And then I go on to what's called serial sevens. You divide, not divide, you subtract seven starting with 100. And then, you, you know, you come up with 93. And then you come up with uh, what 86, 79, 72, 65, So when Trump says that he aced it or when Biden says that he aced it or whatever it is, there is no... Aced. There is no aced. It's only either. Basically, it's pass fail, right? Either. They hand you a fork. You're allowed to eat with a but, fork now. Bill, my other thought was basically this. Yeah. Isn't it totally normal to see a certain degree of cognitive decline or verbal decline in, in people as they age? Just for instance, I do a three-hour radio show, and then I do two digital segments after every single show. I talk for about six hours a day. If you were to cut wow. up and make a montage of every time I had a flub or a goof or a gaff and then play Benny Hill music underneath it, I would look like a fool. But for some reason... Good ratings, though. I get great ratings. But for some reason, when Trump makes a gaffe, or when when Biden makes a gaffe, or a series of gaffes, people say, oh, for sure evidence of cognitive decline, for sure evidence of whatever it might be. And for as much as I might have done that in the past, I'm starting to rethink it and think to myself... Somebody could just as easily do that to me, and this is literally my job. It's bad broadcasting, and it's bad for the country. Yeah, so I'm curious about your opinion on that, Bill. Like, this is pretty normal cognitive decline, right, for people to to kind of witness in people who are, let us just say, approaching their 80th year of of life, right? It's it's a test that, uh, excuse me, it's it's what uh, primary care docs send these folks to me for. Yeah. That they're they're picking up, uh, you know, cognitive decline. I mean, the, the answer to your question is, we have no idea. We didn't administer the test. We didn't watch the test being administered. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it is particularly cruel to uh, pick on somebody with uh, a speech impediment like a stutter that, um, you know, President Biden's been very upfront with, you know, from childhood. And guess what makes it worse? That's right. Anxiety, you know, yeah. being under the 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 pressure of, of the job. Um, and, you know, uh, former President Trump, he, he just kind of like me, talks too much. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was my so we're, again, we're talking to Dr. Z about all of the the hate and uh, basically hit campaigns that are yeah. coming out against former President Donald Trump, current uh, President Biden. And we're talking about how it, many of these are not only speculative in nature, but also cruel in nature. No matter where you fall on the side of the argument, I think we can all acknowledge that there's a certain amount of vitriol that people are willing to have. So just as an instance, you know, people were talking about uh, Donald Trump uh, mixing up Nikki Haley with Nancy Pelosi. Right. And he was kind of superimposing those words. Do you remember, what was it, like two or three weeks ago when I couldn't stop saying shoveling, what was I saying? 
shoveling snow, but I was mixing up the wording. You were show snuggling. Yeah. <laughs> snuggling show yeah. all day long. Right. All day long, yeah. right? Now, I, I was sick. I had slept like two hours the night before. And for yeah. whatever reason, I got in this feedback loop where I kept saying the wrong phrase over and over and over again. And I, I don't think that anybody would then come to me and say, He's unfit the broadcast. <laughs> right, Bill? Right? I mean, yeah. these are just things that we would, I guess, you know, Bill, one of the things I've learned from you is that evidence over time is the most valuable resource, not snippets of instances that we could draw from, right? It's, it's what is, oh, what well are they, said. right? So, well um, listen, Bill, I know I you're, to, oh, go ahead, go ahead. I wanted to ask Spike real quick. Um, Spike, is he is he uh, losing his way getting home? <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I got. I'll admit something here. Um, every day, Jack leaves to walk home, and I follow him about a block behind in yeah, my yeah. car, <laughs> just to make just sure to he make gets sure. there. Now he's doing just fine. Hey, can I can I ask Doctor Z yeah, a quick yeah, go question? For it, go for it. So I'm, I'm going to ask you if you, if you would be willing to just take off your no no don't take off your doctor hat as a voter and as someone with experience and training in the field. Do you think it's fair? Do you think it's it's our right as citizens? to require that the people asking for our vote be tested in a cognitive capacity. I mean, yeah, I'm asking you as a voter, but as a voter who's been yeah. trained in, in brain science, do you think it's fair it for us an, to ask? Is it, an, it is an excellent question. Jack can tell you, I have told him privately, that anyone that is applying for a office of, of that importance should undergo quality neuropsychological testing very based indeed thank you so much dr z we appreciate your time zidantimd.com is the website if you want to go ask dr z a question because he does that because he's a nice person that's z-i-n-n-a-n-t-i-m-d.com and you have a little comment place where you can say dr z what about this thing and because he's such a generous man with his time he shall answer that question thank you again my friend truly have a a very deep and sacred part in my heart for Dr. Z, MD, PhD, Silver Fox, and Robot. I understand brain. why. Uh, it, it, what's funny about Dr. Z, though, is that what he doesn't tell people is that in his office, he's got the Tesla coils going up, and then he's got the slab for when he resurrects the dead. <laughs> Fun story about him. When he pieces back a corpse together. Yeah. Right. You can try to book him during a lightning storm. Yeah, you got to book him during a lightning storm, and uh, he hits a big uh, circuit breaker to... <laughs> <laughs> and then he lets me, lightning bolts occur, and then there you go, you're alive again. So that's what doctors. I, I saw that in a Goop article, actually. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. So, I doctor, not Doctor Z. What, what am I saying here? Uh, Trump decided that he was going to call the UAW president a dope. So the UAW is United Auto Workers, and unions are maybe the most important part of our voting process because when a union endorses somebody, the expectation is that people within the union will fall in line, although it is not a, a rule or a mm, law right, right, or whatever right. it is, even though the teachers' unions almost always overwhelmingly go, go D. COs unions, depending on what state they're in, almost overwhelmingly, like if they're, they're in California, they're voting uh, D, but if they're in Alabama, they're voting R. R yeah. So the, a lot of, or even the, uh, what is it, food and beverage, the union that's in Vegas. Oh, yeah, the food service workers. Service yeah. workers yeah. union. They yeah. almost always go D. Yeah. And so these are things to take into consideration. The unions are, are, I think, a very important part of uh, the United States just from the perspective of these people being able to collectively bargain, but also form a unified front when it comes to who they want to vote for. Referring to the lead of one of those unions as a dope is a little silly. Yeah, it's a little childish. Well, it's it's very Trump. 
it's very Trumpian. Right. Because, I mean, last weekend, uh, or last week, I should say, uh, UAW President Fain got, endorsed President Biden. And he, he listed a long uh, list of reasons why, qualifications Biden has, that are pro-labor. Right, but then half the union came out and was like, we're voting for Trump. Right. <laughs> and Fain said that. Fain said, look, I understand that most of our, most, he said most yeah. of our union members come from red states, are Republican-leaning. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you have that cl- the clip of him because it would take some cleanup because he did swear in it. He's a lot of. Yeah, I don't have that one. Un- okay, union I have, guys. I have a few from him. So. Yeah. Okay. We play. We play a couple of those cuts really quick. Union guys do have filthy mouths. And their boss. This is their boss. This is the boss boss. Let's hear what that sounded like. I can't fathom any union would support Donald Trump for president. Let's wow. Let's be real and let's look at facts. Donald Trump, in his own words, when he had his reality TV show, The Apprentice, and when he was president, when he was in the White House, he had two favorite words: "You're fired." And, you know, he cycled through White House staff like like toilet paper. That is indeed very true. He I can't cited really a, argue He with cited that. a UAW strike in 2019 where Trump sounded the silence, didn't say a word. Yeah. Then he talked about when the strike happened this last year, the, and the UAW signed the largest pay increase in their history for the big three automakers and held by, wasn't just standing. It's not that you go out and stand on the picket lines, which no president had ever done. But he said, look, we stand with union labor. We stand with working man in this country. And Fain says, you know, Trump's part of the billionaire class. He has serviced and is part of and has always been one of the billionaire class, which led to his, I can't see how any union could back Donald Trump. This is a man after and, my own heart. And yet the entirety, almost the entirety of the union are red state Republicans who will probably, well, I think, vote against their own interests. Well, I mean, but if you go to if you go to West Virginia or Virginia, you'll find coal miners who are saying, oh, man, I'd die for the 157, brother. I'll tell you that much. You know what I mean? Yeah. They died in the war. They also just happen to vote GOP, even though their party affiliation might be Democrat, right? That's the other crazy thing about a lot of people in these positions. The working class used to be almost exclusively Democrat, right? Because they knew that they had to engage in these kind of collective bargaining actions in order right. to get protections a lot of this stuff started specifically in west virginia this is actually really fascinating insurance policies weren't paying out to men who were killed in mines they just flat out weren't paying out to these really yeah for one legal reason or another legal whatever it was so these guys got together and they were looking for someone to back them up on their claims and it just so happened big letter d comes in and says hey you guys should start collective bargaining maybe you back us up in an election we'll make sure that your claims get validated and that's exactly what they got now, I don't care where you fall in the political spectrum, but that to me is a pretty good uh, method to get what you want done. Now, some people might say that it's coercive. Well, politics is coercive. Get over it, right? I mean, yeah, it's it just is. The way I mean, it is. you know, I'll, you vote for me and I'll do this thing I'll for you. Give That's... me that cash. And or that I will vote. Do, <laughs> and I will do this thing. Yes. It's very, very simple and give me that cash and I will do this thing. Exactly. Right. And 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 when I say it's typical Trumpian, you know, when when the union comes out and endorses Biden, Trump puts out a truth social post that says the feigns a dope, get rid of this guy and vote Trump. There is a local conservative activist. His name is Christopher Rufo, and he's approximately my age. Good looking guy. Looks much younger than I did. Clean living in Jesus, probably. You know what I mean? He doesn't have a bit of gray in that beautiful beard of his. But there is a hit piece that was written about him in The Guardian, where they're talking about how he has been linked to a a magazine that's called Aporia, which is Greek for like a puzzle or a paradox. Okay. And unfortunately, this uh, magazine or this newsletter, it traffics in race realism and it traffics in, in what white supremacists call scientific biology or race biology. And the inference that The Guardian is trying to make here 
is that Christopher Rufo is somehow in favor of these things because he subscribes to that particular newsletter. I would say that if you were to look at the different newsletters or things that I am subscribed to, yeah. you would see that I am a BLM activist. You would see that I am pro-Trump. You would see that I am both for and against gun control. You would see that I am both for and against abortion. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. No, you're, a, you're a mixed bag. I'm just saying yeah. that, that what I'm saying is that people often will subscribe to things or have them on their recommended reading list just for the sake of either their own indulgence in that or the fact that it's interesting to read opposing arguments. I I wouldn't know the amount that I know about racists if I didn't read their awful material and then understand their arguments. This is why I say it's kind of bizarre that this piece would have been written about Christopher Rufo, but then it gets even weirder because he's actually appeared on their podcast and he's given uh, uh, he's basically talked about some of the pieces in their magazine that engage in scientific racism and eugenics. So I think that this is largely I, – I personally don't know if he is or not, right? I'd have right. to ask him. I'd have to say to Mr. Rufo, again, who's a local conservative commentator. I think he lives in Gig Harbor. You'd actually have to talk to him about it. And reach out to him. Well, Unfortunately, the Guardian did, and he sent them back a very lewd message that they did not publish. Oh, so the fact that he didn't even take the opportunity to explore tells me that this is all culture war nonsense. And so, it's a bad piece that's written against Christopher Rufo, and then Rufo recognizing that he can get a lot more traction out of this by being adversarial as opposed to actually trying to, you know, discourse like you know how adults do. It's you know what I mean. It, this yeah. is part of the media matrix that we live in, which attempts to we all just point the finger, try to make each other look bad, right? And then we, wonder why we, we win hate by each other. We, we can't win unless somebody else loses, right? Exactly. That's, that's such a heartbreaking way we're as a society. Oh. Yeah, you know. And the thing about Rufo is, is that let us just say that he is engaged in human biodiversity rhetoric, and he does believe those things. Okay. I think that people have a right to know if he does believe in eugenics, if he doesn't think that people across ethnicities, I think that people deserve to know. Mayhap he is too much of a coward to come out and just say it because he knows that he would lose a lot of followers, right? He would lose his street cred. Yes. Yeah. Well, and he will promise he'd also pick up a bunch of followers that would, you know, I mean, I always find the guys that tend to do the best in that kind of circle are the people who do a lot of winking and a lot of nodding, yeah, yeah, but they no, don't ever say... I'm just asking the I'm, question. Hey, I'm just asking questions yeah, here, I, I, all right? so right about that. All right, we'll take a really quick break when we get back in cringe and or base. Well, yeah, the satanic display in Iowa that was knocked down last month, the guy who did it, he's now getting charged. And I see nothing but bad arguments around this on all sides. And I think we should do a little bit of argumentation 101 when we get back right after this. Cringe. Everybody was doing the Eddie Vedder. Or based. (laughs) Cringe or based. Fun little game we like to play every day, 135. We try to determine if a cultural phenomena is cringe, meaning ugh, or based, meaning ah. So the suspect who was accused of destroying a satanic display at an Iowa Capitol building has been charged with a hate crime. I have seen nothing but bad arguments all around this on both sides of the argument. In particular, the one that I saw today was uh, somebody posted a picture of the Satan display being torn down and thrown onto the ground. And then next to it, 
they put a bunch of pictures from the BLM riots where the BLMers tore down Thomas Jefferson and they tore down George Washington. Right. And the argument that they made is, uh, I'll give you a, a little bit of a cheat code right off the top. It's called a false equivalency because mm-hmm. people do not worship at the altar of Thomas Jefferson. And if you do, that's idol worship and Jesus weeps. So <laughs> okay. The reason that it is a hate crime is because in the state of Iowa, Satanism is recognized as a legitimate religion that people can participate in, yeah. being a part yeah. of the Satanic temple or whatever it is. And so that display had every right to be there. And this good and godly Christian man decided that he was going to fight the devil by tackling it, just like uh, Bobby Boucher in The Water Boy. He was <laughs> a tackling fool, as they say. And so that is why... It is considered to be a hate crime. Now, for instance, when those poor churches were hit, those local churches were vandalized. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. They threw rocks through the windows. Mm -hmm. That is technically a hate crime. When the synagogue had the spray paint put on the side of it, that is technically a hate crime. So what I saw from people was nothing but bad arguments simply because they don't like Satan. Quote of the day. So if you don't like Satan... There's lots of things you can do about that, which is you can pray to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, Mm -hmm. and say, keep the devil away from me. You can do what Marjorie Taylor Greene does, and you can hold up snakes as you spin in a circle, and you say, get them devils away from me. I got to get my grits a cooking. You can do lots of things in order to ward off the devil. Tackling an effigy that is in a state capital that has every right to be there, according to that government, is foolishness and, yes, indeed, a hate crime. Now, conversely, for everybody out there who's like, "Yeah, Satan rules." Please, can we get? Can we stop? Can we get over the whole Satan thing? <laughs> you know, stop. Fan. No, I just, that archetype, like messing with that archetypal kind of uh, ideology or theology, whatever you want to call it. Okay. Dark, dude. Dark. Yeah, like yeah, you, yeah. Can, you can do as many community service, you know, uh, sacrifice a goat over a copper bowl, clean a highway. I don't really sure, care. Sure. You can do that all day, but when you're engaging in that degree of of kind of darkness i'm not being critical of it i'm just observing that it's not you want to aspire to be goodly right and to be kind sure not have yeah, this that's, idea of that's your of, take on the world I get like, that. yeah but like yeah. In, in satanism like one of the tenets is is if somebody wrongs me i am at, within my right to wrong them in return it is you mean of, like turn the other cheek eye for an eye kind of? no it's not even it's not even like turn the other cheek it's like if you if you spite me if you if you vex me then mm-hmm. i it, karmically am entitled to vex you in return in whatever way i deem to be appropriate to the vexing that i have been on the receiving end of that's dark very very dark indeed it's the way that children think so i just don't like any of this i'll give you guys another example there was that statue of jackie robinson that was oh, found in kansas in kansas Wichita, yeah it was found and it was burned and it was uh, dismantled in a trash can that is not being classified as a hate crime, right? Well, they, they don't know yet. They're doing an investigation. There's, this statue was at a local Lily field. Yes. And somebody took and sawed it off at the ankles and right. then, as Jack said, destroyed it, burned it, dismantled it in a trash can. Right. And the communities, uh, they found the van that was used to cart it away. They think they're going to arrest several people because of this. Do you, I think it was vandalism. I hope it was vandalism it was and, probably, not a, it was probably just vandalism. and not a hate crime. I'm yeah. hoping it wasn't because it was Jackie Robinson. Would they have well, done this to a Lou Gehrig statue or Stan Musial statue? You know what I'm saying? I think it was a crime of, I think it was vandalism of young, opportunity. Young idiocy? Yeah, I'll be, and also, when you're on meth, 
the, you get a lot of crazy kooky ideas like, hey, we could get that statue and melt it down and, and sell that and precious sell, metal. Sell that metal and get more meth. Right. You know we're, I mean? out of, we're out of catalytic converters. We got all those already. <laughs> right. So that I would hope, be. You know what? I hate to say it, but I hope that's the case. I think it is. Kansas? Come on now. We're talking about Kansas here. Um, what is there to do in Kansas other than meth? Play, well, play ball. Oh. Go to the ballpark. On meth. So. <laughs> I just don't this whole concept I think it's giga cringe when people try to thank you so I think it's giga cringe when people try to do this thing where they say uh that that satanism as a religion to, is not protected because the supreme court has ruled in fact that it is protected mm. and when they when you try to shoehorn in other arguments you're actually defeating your own argument that is the purpose yeah. of a logical fallacy yeah. it means that you are admitting that you are wrong so when you post images next to this saying well here's thomas jefferson and here's george washington yeah no you're wrong bud that's incorrect that's not the, if you really wanted to do an equivalency you would say here is this cross that was torn down during the blm riots and thus were any be, of the, yeah. any of those people were charged with a hate crime right. that then you might have an argument but you would have to prove that the BLM rioters actually hate Jesus in the way that this fine American hates Satan. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah I hear you. So hear you. that is everything that you would need to form that argument and have that argument. You know, I, can I say that I don't think that uh, there shouldn't be a Satan temple at the state capitol in Iowa as much as there shouldn't be the Ten Commandments? At a state capital in Iowa. The only reason there is a Satan statue there is because the Ten Commandments are there. Well, that's, so. well what I'm saying, I don't think either should be there. Right. I think, I think, I think there's no place in, in, our, in our government, in our, because that government of whatever, Iowa, they serve non-believers. They serve every denomination. Mm-hmm. They should be serving them equally and without prejudice. And I think when you put the Ten Commandments in a school or a capital, sure. I, I think it it flies in the face yeah. of, the, of the establishment clause. But what is should establish no religion. Isn't like seven out of the ten commandments though? It's it's property rights. I haven't read them. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. No, I'm kidding. They, it's, yeah, it's, they, yeah, they kind of are. It's property rights, yeah. right? Like that's mine. That's yours. Please right. don't take my things. Please don't yeah. take my wife. Please don't right. take right. Well, Wife's property is that what you're saying? That's what I'm saying, man. Wow. If you actually go back, that's old school. So if you really want to break it down, uh, but I just what I see people have is people have this very visceral reaction to these kinds of headlines. It, yeah, it's yeah, very they do. it's very divisive. Yeah, and my thought was. It, none of this would have been the case. I wouldn't see people yelling and screaming at each other on Twitter. I wouldn't see 45-minute YouTube videos about the history of the Satanic Temple or the Satanic yeah, Church. Yeah, you said the take was what was got right. you so... Had, had, had Dude Guy not decided that he was going to go full Refrigerator Perry on that setup, it would have never happened. Had he let it alone, no one would know that it existed. Mm. It would not be a national news story. True. It would not be, no one would be talking about it. It would just be, hey, people in Iowa are crazy. There's a Satan thing right next to the Ten Commandments. Isn't that so funny? Bring another beer. Right. It's, it's, over. It, it's over, right? Mm. But he did the Streisand thing where in order to destroy a thing, he decided to make everybody pay attention to it, which is giga cringe. He did what the mayor of Bellevue didn't do last weekend. Right. Just let it play out and not draw attention. Do you think that when he gets to heaven, they're going to say, they're going to be looking at his, his life and they're going to go, oh man, you live such a good and godly life. He's such a good Christian boy. Hate crime? What? <laughs> to the elevator with this one. And he's like, no, 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 let me explain. <laughs> oh, sorry. You're so close. <laughs> we'll take a really quick break when we get back. No stupid questions. 888-973-5476. 
the Muckleshoot Casino Resort. I think there's an elevator. Home. I think there's just a chute. I, I, you know, like well, a slide. I mean, an elevator to me was a funny. A sandpaper slide. It was a better visual. <laughs> the right? elevator, ding, yeah. going down. Right, or it could be a slip and slide, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Like a Chuck E. Cheese slide. We'll take a really quick break. We'll be right back right after this. No stupid questions. Only stupid answers. Ah, yes. No stupid questions. 888-973-5476 is the Muckleshoot Casino Resort text line. And our YouTube channel grows by the day where Spike and I put digital exclusive content where we're talking about news that we couldn't get to through to the day. Because Spike is expensive talent. we got to make that money back somehow. (laughs) So, Scott in Auburn has a really interesting question here. He says, could the Seattle and Portland mayor city councils be diagnosed as being quote unquote codependent on homelessness and substance use disorders? Well, this is great news because uh, my ex-wife is actually a clinician and she works with people who suffer from Hmm. various maladies or neuroses like codependency and codependency from a clinical standpoint is I need, whoops, go away, Debussy, is uh, we actually have a live, Debussy comes in and he actually starts playing piano. I just had to shoo him out. He's, he's a little, on retainer. He's yeah. on retainer. Yeah. Nice. So, so codependency from a clinical standpoint is very, very, very basic. I need you to be okay in order for me to be okay. Now, some people might be saying, well, that sounds pretty healthy, right? Like sure, Spike, sure. I want you to enjoy your job. It's mm-hmm. important to me that you're having a good day. The problem is that when the neurotic obsession comes in, meaning I check in with Spike every five minutes, are you okay? Are you mad? Are you upset? That is codependency, largely comes from an attachment disorder that children have. Do you have a boyfriend or a girlfriend who insists that you text them every 15 minutes or hour or call when you leave your house or where you go somewhere? If it's neurotic, unhealthy, talking about obsessive behavior, that's what we would call it codependency. I doubt that if I went to Mayor Bruce Harrell, that he is going down to Third Avenue every 15 minutes, making sure that everybody has blankies and water. You guys okay? Right. Are you, hey, you guys yeah. need any snacks? Because his emotional regulation is separated from that, right? So that's why I would not say codependent. It, it just doesn't. It's it's an interesting theory, but not it, it's not applicable. Ted Wheeler is not checking his phone every 15 minutes to make sure that the homeless people are texting no, him, no, no, no. right? That's codependency. You think, you think maybe Scott's asking, do they need these issues to be around? Well, that's a so different... So they can feel nah. that, that they're doing good and they're needed as mayors? No, that, they... that would be something... That would be like Munchausen's by proxy. You're okay. familiar with that? Munchausen's yeah, 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 yeah. That I, I keep a, a person in a state of believing that they are ill... So that I can So care. that I get the praise... But Mayor Harrell gets a ton of flack for his lack of action. Gotcha. gotcha. So this, it wouldn't be Munchausen's. Okay. Uh, but maybe, you know, there's another way to think about it. Pops says this. Maybe I missed it if you were already talked about it. But how about Christopher Ray talking about how Chinese hackers are basically putting together the capability to make American infrastructure collapse and break down our economy and society? Striking fact, as he mentioned, that the FBI agents staff up to counter this are outnumbered 50 to 1. I've heard the stat. Yeah, I mean, so the, China as an entity needs the United States. 
Mm-hmm. They need us. We are, they one, they hold the most amount of our debt. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, we can't die off the vine. And they get nothing back. Two, we buy the most stuff from them. Right. We are their biggest buyer. And three, we there are more uh, uh, trans-Pacific partnerships, mega conglomerates between the two of us than any other nation combined. So when people do this thing of the Chinese deep state is trying to bring down the United States, that's basically like saying that Pizza Hut is trying to prevent Spike from going in and, uh, you know what I'm saying? They like, want me on salads. They, they, they don't want that. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm keeping him in business. <laughs> right? Right. Or like, yeah. or like Laura, that's like the people who own Sheen trying to prevent Laura from ordering their goods from, the, you know what I'm saying? That yeah. It is just yeah. not, it doesn't make any sense. And as a matter of fact, uh, it's actually part, that idea or that belief is actually part of uh, the CCP's PSYOP organization in which they have they want it to, to seem or appear as if we are adversaries when in reality the CCP is about as communist as I am communist. They are filthy red capitalists and they love their money. Look at Hong Kong, right? Look at their mega cities. Does that look like a, a communist? You know what I mean? It's very pro-capitalism in that fine country. Well, right? it t- certain elements of their society are. Certain Free health care, yeah, sure, I hear but you. certain of their elements are very onerous, and the people live in sub-poverty levels. Oh, abso- large- absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, don't um, get me wrong. I, I would think, I would I would say to Pops, I think we're more codependent with China than we are at the becoming their, their bitch, <laughs> I which need, is what Scott's acting I right. need you to be okay, so yeah, I'm okay. Yeah, I need you guys to keep buying stuff because we need to keep selling stuff, right? right? I yeah. mean, the other, They're not going to collapse. The, the scene need us as a market. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, like this is a fiction that Americans have been led. We do the same thing with the Russians. We do the same thing with the Chinese. We do. It's a fiction that all – the nation state needs an outgroup in order to have an in-group. It requires it. Right. And so because of that, psychologically, we're told that other human beings are our enemy simply because they live on that side of the dirt line. And when you break it down after a certain point in time, you realize how absolutely ridiculous it is. There is no distinguishable difference between me and somebody who lives anywhere else on the planet that's a human being outside of a couple like superficial dimorphic. uh, 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 What's the word? presentation the way that people look right okay okay but, but genetically there is no difference between We're all us just humans who want to right loved. and yet but because we have these arbitrary lines that we draw on the ground we say that those people are our enemies boo which is like please unless they say it then sure. Well, but, but to, to, you know there's a point in Scott's argument that is correct and that Ray did say that we're outnumbered 50 to 1 in from China in the way of hackers and the people we've got protecting our systems. And it's that layer of that little sliver of truth that they really are working around the clock 50 to 1 to hack into our systems. That's what gives these conspiracies that they're out to bring us down. That's what gives them that sliver of truth. Sure, sure. But I would also encourage people like everyone's like, look at how the Chinese have infiltrated our government with that one, you know, the the driver for uh, Dianne Feinstein or whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah. Anybody ever read about how many people we have in the Chinese government? Pretty interesting. Really? Pretty interesting if you read into that. So subterfuge, espionage, it's all good times when we get back. (laughs) Uh, what are we talking about, O'Neill? I got the I accidentally closed my show sheet. Um, here. We want to talk about these the tech CEOs, tech bros, on Capitol Hill today, and it was a bit of a a, a, a loud little circus going on. Oh, we have some great cuts from that. Cell phones are soon going to be banned in Washington schools under a new bill. Find out what Mr. O'Neill thinks about that because he's addicted to his cellular telephone and high school and high school. Yeah, <laughs> he stole my joke. We'll Sorry, be right back. Oh, you're right there. Right after uh. this.